sometimes the Holy Spirit interrupts things and doesn't want the routine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the time I got a word from, well, it was Mike Hazy who prophesied, and uh, he said, when your hands buzz, <laughs> that I should lay hands on people. And I, okay, so what I'm asking you, if you need healing in your body tonight, it's time to come up here right now. Yep, okay. Hallelujah. Okay, well, okay. Whew. Yeah, we don't have much ushers, do we? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So we're just going to do what we can here. Thank you, Father. You, you know what? It would be good if... Oh, we can't. Yeah, all right. That's right. I was going to say if you could sing that again, but that's all right. Can you? Either way. <laughs> because, you know what? He is a great and mighty God. And he does miracles so great. <laughs> so, hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you. You know what? You don't have to ask Jesus for healing anymore because, you know what? He's already healed you. Right. He's already done it. It's just a matter of us, and it's me too, of accepting it. I've, I've had to do the same thing. You know what? So, hallelujah. That, so he told me that, and I went, okay, Lord. <laughs> hallelujah. Okay. So there is no one else like you. Oh, it's the blade. Yeah. 
gymnastics things to people to help them to heal. Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you love us so much that you took our sins, but you also took our sicknesses and our pain, Lord God. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you and magnify you in this place. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Man, I just thank him. He's, <laughs> woo, <laughs> What a, what a magnificent God we serve. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. <laughs> and you can be seated. <laughs> well, this is going to be different. I'm going to take the tithes and offerings, but um, uh, it's really what I'm going to give you. It doesn't pertain to it. Would you uh, put up Haggai 2, verse 4, out of the Amplified? It says, yet now be strong and alert and courageous. Oh, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, be strong, alert, and courageous, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, 
Be strong, alert, and courageous, all you people of the land. This is talking to you right now. Okay, says the Lord of the land, says the Lord, and work. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. And that, that's Jesus who leads the angel warriors. Jesus is the Lord of hosts. According to the promise that I covenanted with you when you came out of the world system and became a born-again Christian, Egypt is the world system. It's, a, it's an example of the world system. So my spirit stands and abides in the midst of you. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more in a little while I will shake and make tremble the starry heavens, the earth, the sea, and the dry land. It's happening right now. And I will shake all nations. And the desire, that word should be capitalized. It even says it on the bottom of my Bible here. It said the desire of all nations is Jesus, was Jesus. See, he hadn't come yet. And okay, and I will shake all nations and the Savior or the Messiah, the desire of all the nations and the precious things of all nations shall come in and I will fill this house with splendor, saith the Lord of hosts. He is actually talking about the church because I'll show you. It's referenced in the New Testament too. The silver is mine <clears throat> and the gold is mine. It doesn't belong to the drug lords. <laughs> it doesn't belong to those who do sex trafficking. It doesn't belong to the politicians. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. He's leading the angel warriors. The latter, okay, now that last one was actually given to our church the year we, are. The, I think it was the second year that we started it way back there in Omaha, Nebraska by somebody that had been on t that was on TVN and they came to speak and they said well just come into line if you want to you know and I, I never told him anything um, he didn't ask he didn't ask anybody anything we were in a line and he just put his hand on my head and, and what I was concerned about is when God I just want the church to grow well, here we are 27 years later really you know but now I know why Unless the Lord build the house, he labored and paid and built it. Anyway, but he, he, this is all he said to me. The latter glory of your house will be greater than the former glory. And in this place, you will have peace and prosperity. And he went on to the next person. He said, the latter glory of this house, because I, I, in my I was going, God, I, I just want the church. I just want, you know, the church. <laughs> and um, it was all about the church inside of me. And, and he caught it in the spirit. Didn't even know why he was saying. But the latter glory of this house of Living Word Church will be greater than the former glory. And we're, okay, so now turn to Hebrews 12. There's a shaking going on. Oh, I didn't see what verse. Let's see. Um, verse 25. Amplified. But 
there's a shaking going on. There's a shaking going on everywhere. All right, there's a shaking going on in the United States of America. There's a shaking going on in the church. And this has all to do what I was talking about on Sunday, that we have not operated in the kingdom of God as a universal church. The universal church is all those people who are born again. And I would even say spirit-filled. And we have not operated in the kingdom of God principles or known that we were the ones who had to take authority and dominion over these things. And so, now this is what it says. So see to it that you do not reject him or refuse to listen to and heed him who is speaking to you now. For if they, the Israelites, did not escape, see, they, they refused to listen and go into the promised land. We're scared. The giants are big. We're as grasshoppers. God already told him about 20 times, I'm going to take you into the promised land and it's yours. They didn't believe it. So you've got to believe the word. When they refused to listen and heed him who warned and divinely instructed them here on earth, revealing with heavenly warning his will. How much less shall we escape if we reject and turn our backs in him who cautions and admonishes, admonishes us from heaven? Um, when you're admonished, you're corrected. And see, where we have Jesus living in us, they weren't even born again, okay? Then at Mount Sinai, Sinai, with the Israelites, his voice shook the earth. But now he has, there was like a uh, uh, earthquake, the mountain trembled. And now at Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, and now he has given a promise. Once more, this is the exact same words that was in Haggai. Exact same words. Yet once more I will shake and make tremble not only the earth, but also the starry heavens. Now this expression, once more, indicates the final removal and transformation of all that can be shaken. God is now, he's shaken the churches. He's going to shake us individually, and there are things we need to correct in our lives. And don't be, I mean, even now, even us, we're trying to make this church very structured more so because we're coming into the revival that's going to come. I know it's going to, where we need to be ready. That isn't for pastors, it's for everybody. Okay, so the transformation of all that can be shaken. Is there something in your life that needs to be shaken? Okay, that is of that which has been created in order that what cannot be shaken may remain and continue. Let us therefore receive a kingdom. There it is. That is firm and stable and cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God. Offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with modesty and pious care and godly fear and awe. For our God is a consuming fire, the last verse says. Let's go to 13.1. 13, See, those letters didn't have, you know, when they wrote the letters, when 
when uh, Paul wrote them or Peter or John or whoever wrote them, they never uh, put, you know, <laughs> chapters and, and verses in there. But this was so we'd have easy reference. Okay, he's a consuming fire and let love for your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice with you and never let it fail. Now, I know you, you I, we're saying these scriptures fast, but let's receive the kingdom of God where you take dominion as the king of kings has given you. You are a little king and he's the big king and he has given us dominion over the earth and be firm and be stable and then all this stuff that's happening will not shake you but God may shake some things that he wants to get rid of out of your life and it may even hurt and it may have been there for 70 years but he wants to shake you he wants to shake us and have the good good things come in it's like you have a spirit of fear you need to get rid of it God did not give you a spirit of fear but a power he gave you power to overcome that he gave you love he gave you a sound disciplined mind but you have to take care of that you have to notice when when you have bad thoughts and cast them down you've got to fight the good fight of faith hey I had to do it today no no I don't accept that thought yeah it doesn't make any difference how old you are in the Lord. I've been a Christian for 42 years. You've got that, that enemy will try to sit on your shoulder and tell you stuff. Oh, it cannot be shaken. So offer to God pleasing service, acceptable worship. It's in the New Testament, it actually says, lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. It says that in the New Testament. It's Thessalonians, isn't it? Or is it Timothy? It's one of those two. <laughs> it's in the, in the New Testament. People say, well, what are you lifting up your hands for? Because I love him, and I'm not ashamed of it. And you know what? My hands buzz when I lift it up. God is a good God. With, do it with modesty and pious care and godly fear and awe. It's just like everybody that stands up there needs to be holy inside. You need to be giving it to God. You need to be playing for God. You need to be singing for God because it can make a difference if God shows up here. It can make a difference in the anointing. It can make a difference if people are made free or healed or whatever it is. It's a responsibility. And it is, we're not just singing songs, songs for the kids. It, it's it's got to come out of here, out of your spirit. It says, worship him in spirit and in truth. There's a lot of songs out there that are not even, they, they sound biblical, especially on the radio. And they are not, they're in error of what the word says. And so you keep singing that, and that gets in you. And you think that's right. I don't, I just don't listen to secular radio when it comes to that. I choose my songs from CDs. I just can't do it anymore. But you have to be careful what you're hearing, because it'll get into you. 
anyway, that's truth. See, he said, worship in spirit and truth. He said in the book of John, and you, it's got to be truth. Or it get, there's a lot of, they're cute songs, they're supposedly godly songs, but they're an error. And they're, they, what you listen to goes in, and it can bring error to your life. Amen. Okay, you can pass out that. See, that wasn't anything about tithes and offerings. <laughs> anyway, um, so you can pass out the envelopes. Okay, you know, and while, while they're doing that, I'm just going to say this. Okay, this, this book, this book is on the um, table, and I bought, I have all his books, and I didn't have these two books. And this one is, they shouldn't have have to ask reflections on race, rights, and equality. Okay, this is a reflection on race, and it actually is about what was happening in the nation. He wrote it in 2020. I heard that he wrote a book, and I never did get what, and I just peeked at it late, like 4 p.m., and, um, whew. There's a lot to do with, with operating in the kingdom of God. Now, some of you haven't heard a word I said. <laughs> Amen. It's important. Okay. So are we ready? So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege and honor it is to give into the kingdom of God. And tonight, Lord God, we say that you are our God. We want you to be God over everything we say, everything we do, everything we think, where we go what we say, I said that already, but Lord, where our feet run, what we watch on TV or anywhere with our eyes, Lord, and what we hear, we want you to be God and Lord totally over our spirit, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, and our bodies in the precious name of Jesus. And you said that when we make you God, that you will supply when we make you God, you will supply all of our needs, our need for healing, our need for finances, our need for restoration of relationships, our, our children to come into line. Lord, you will supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We used to have something up there and it said glory to glory. We haven't finished decorating that wall. <laughs> but, but it said glory, little, 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 little. It got really big. And it was glory. Because the glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And you know what? We're in the time of it right now. And so, Father, we want to go from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. And soul, that when our speaker comes, to please respond. I'm just me, and you're so used to me, you can get a spirit of familiarity and not respond to me, because I noticed that when you were, <laughs> there's, we need response because you're going to pull it out, and we're having a big, but you know what, God placed me here, but I didn't hear much response when I was talking, there is a shaking, and you're going to, everybody's going to get shaken, I'm being shaken. It's, but please, I, for the sake of, of speakers and stuff, uh, <laughs> I, 
okay? Now, you don't have to worry about what that is. She's in intercession right now. She's done this many times. Jerry's been with us since the beginning. And you know what the intercession is about the souls of men? It's always when she does that. There's something grieving the Holy Ghost. It isn't even that. The Holy Spirit just uses her because she yields to him and prays in the Spirit. Even Pam did that one time at a thing. And that day was the day there were 18 policemen killed. That was in 2019 or 2020. Yeah, 18 policemen were killed somewhere in the United States. And all of a sudden, she got out of her seat. And just, just it, This was at prayer on Tuesdays. She went into intercession just like that. So um, all I can say is the souls of men, the souls of men. <laughs> okay, now I want to tell you something. We're, the church is in the last days. And it's supposed to be, the church is supposed to bring us to where Adam was before the fall. Before he fell out of the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is supposed to be restored. Now, yeah, that sounds like, okay, but it says right in Ephesians 1.3 that everything that heaven already enjoys is ours. And see, we're not experiencing it, though, because we haven't taken dominion. We have not walked in the kingdom of God. It says we have been made, and see, I said all this on Sunday, Revelation 1.5 says we have been made as kings and priests unto our God, and we are to rule and reign on the earth. We're supposed to rule and reign. In the Great Commission, when he turned around, he ascended up into heaven, and, and he, he said, okay, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, now you go. I turn it over to you. And this is what he said. He says, lay hands on the... No, wait a minute. The first thing he says, cast out demons. Then he said, um, wait. <laughs> okay, speak in new tongues. Oh, no, that's, that's, not, that's not right. No, Jesus just said it, right? Because in this town, they say, don't speak in tongues. Uh-uh. You, that is in the Bible. Uh-uh. And then, then he said, if you drink any deadly poison or if a snake would bite you, it will not harm you if you're following God. But see, you can even take that for going to a restaurant and getting poisoned food. <laughs> it doesn't have to harm you. <laughs> or, or like, you know, all these things like uh, the mosquitoes and uh, the things that or even things like uh, orange, uh, the things that happen in the wars like where you were. Yeah, ancient, yeah, Agent Orange. Mm -hmm. But um, it cannot harm you. But see, we haven't known these things. And then it says, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. See, God is counting on us to bring the earth back to where he wanted it before Adam fell and sold us out. Now, Adam had a mandate, and we certainly know about mandates, right? To, he, he had a mandate. Actually, his mandate was to replenish the earth and take dominion of it. So, see, replenish means 
to stock with abundance, to recover it, and to restore it. Well, guess what? If she, okay, uh, I'm going to hit it myself here. The church is the supernatural anointed entity. And people have tried to lead the church in the natural. But we need supernatural teaching. And it leads to supernatural thinking, leads to supernatural believing, leads to supernatural acting. Oh, you know, well, but in this time I've heard, oh, we don't believe in Holy Ghost and tongues. We don't believe in healing. I mean, not us, but I mean, they'll say that's wrong. And it, 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 it is, a, see, religion tried to get in there and tried to say we had to do everything by works. Jesus did it all. The kingdom of God, relationship with God and being born again and trying to, to have heaven come to earth. You know what? Many of you know the Lord's Prayer. And the, you know, when I was little, we used to say it was the Our Father. <laughs> you too, Debbie? Yeah. Barry? Yeah. It was the same denomination we came from. But, uh, it, okay, the Lord's Prayer said, all of a sudden it hit me. Thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there is no pain, there is no depression, sickness, disease, there's no lack, there's no uh, uh, depression, and, and um, what am I missing there? Uh, you know, strife and division with other people, yeah, there's, there's nothing like that in heaven, is there? No, no, and it says, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. In Ephesians 1, 3, it says everything that heaven already enjoys is ours because Jesus went to the cross and obtained it back. But see, there's a Garden of Eden where that Garden of Eden was planted inside of us. See, the Lord told me to continue on what I was, I was trying to figure it out. See, we're to finish the mandate that God gave Adam <laughs> and take dominion. Oh, Colossians 1.13, and you can put it up there, but I, we say it so much here. Colossians 1.13 says that we have already been trans. The second we're born again, we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son. The kingdom of God. So it's a supernatural translation. It's right in the Bible. <laughs> the Father ha has, past tense, delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. So let's just wait for one second. Do you suppose there's darkness on the earth right now? Uh-huh. The only thing, see, the church is supposed to church. Who is the church? The born-again people, I would say, spirit-filled throughout the world. They're the real church, not some denomination that was made. You know what I mean? Although there's born-again people in those denominations, too. And okay, so he's already drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and transferred us, translated us. Another, uh, the other one says conveyed us, 
from the kingdom, from the, into the kingdom of the son of his love. Okay, so we are walking on the earth as the church and we're to draw in other people. But see, and then, but so what the enemy does, he gives us all kinds, me too, <laughs> you know, he gives us all kinds of pain, strife and division, arguing with in marriages or, you know, lack and all that stuff. So you're, not, so we don't concentrate on that. We concentrate how we can help ourselves all the time. And it's a trap, but nobody's taught this either much. Some people have. <laughs> But see, so it says, see, it's God's kingdom, but he turned it over to his son, Jesus, who is the head of the church. And he's turned, okay, we're, all right, the church, actually the church that follows the word of God is called the ecclesia. And they're called, it's E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, Ecclesia, and they're the called out ones. They're the called out ones. See, without the kingdom of God, people are walking by deception. Okay, first, okay, first John 5.19, and you don't even have to put it up there, but the NIV says the whole world is under the influence of, of the evil one. See, there's a devil on the earth, and he tries to get. Some people say don't talk about the devil. Okay. Um, in Matthew 5, 13 and 14, and you don't have to put that up there either, but it says that we're the light of the world and we're the salt of the earth. You know, have you ever eaten a lot of a salt? <laughs> what happens after that? You're thirsty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You swell up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> but you are thirsty, right? So we're supposed to be salty to other people and, 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 and make people thirsty. You know, who knows Jesse Duplantis, and I, I know you know this story already. Jesse Duplantis, associated with Kenneth Copeland. He has his own ministry, and he's funny. But was it Jesse? Or maybe it was, no, it was Jerry Savelle. Yeah, it was Jerry Savelle. He was walking through the mall. Now, see, this is the thing I'm trying to tell you, though, is to stay full, full of God, full every day. I'm going to just say some other things because this is what God gave me. See, I was going to do a video or have somebody else preach, but God said, no, this is what I want tonight, okay? <laughs> but when you stay full of God, you say who you are in Christ, you read the Bible. You pray in tongues. <laughs> you go somewhere and people see the light. They know your light. And you're so salty, they go, okay, Jerry Savelle went to, a, his wife wanted to go to the mall shopping and he didn't want to walk all over with her. So he said, I'll just meander around, you know. All of a sudden, you know what, this lady she was following him. He, he had no idea. She was following him. What? To, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, this was, she was in the mall, though. Well, there, yeah, there's, malls are big. You know, it's a big mall. And she could see a light. 
And she kept following that light, following that light, following that light around the mall. And finally, she caught up with him in one of the stores. And as soon as she did, she fell on her knees. And she said, ha, I know you know Jesus. How can I receive Jesus? This is a true story in our modern times. She saw the light. See, people, have you ever had anybody smile at you at Walmart? Yeah, I mean, uh, the clear blue sky, they'll smile at you. I go, it's you, God. <laughs> it's not because you, uh, you might have even looked grumpy. <laughs> but they could see some light in you. Okay. Now, the whole world is under the influence of the evil one, and I want, I want to say something here. Okay, as we're, we're trying to shape things up, even in the church, I, I, I just want to say this. Be careful. Okay. Do not speak evil of one another in your house. Stuff is going to start to happen. I, I'm, I'm telling you, don't do it. Don't do it. Any vain thoughts, you've got to kill them. Because if we're in unity, we're going to rise higher. But if we're not, it's going to affect everything. It will affect it. Please do not. Because jealousy tries to enter in. Strife has to, what is it? It's monkey bait. They used to put monkey bait, trap sticks of food or, or, or pretty bright colors that monkeys lie in a cage. And they would leave, and the monkey was smart enough not to walk in the cage, but it would go through the bars. And it would take, it would get it, it would reach into it, and it would get a hold of it, and they would beat it. <laughs> they, would, they would get him because even though the people were right behind the monkey, he would not let go of the trap stick. Sometimes we will not let go of offense. Or you're jealous of somebody because they got a position in the church and you did. Just keep moving on. God wants us to grow. Yeah, just, just do it and don't talk about people. Don't. Nothing. We're all here for each other. Because it, it will start to affect finances or your body or all kinds of different things. Go to Revelation 12, 9 through 11. Now, God told me to say all this. this you should. I mean, I had no idea. I was studying everything under the sun. What did I do with that book? Oh, it's over there. Okay, uh, Revelation 12, 9, verse 9. You know what? Do it out of the King James. Okay, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. And the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, 
which accused them before our God day and night. And he's still down here. He loves to cause strife and division between the brothers and sisters in Christ. I've been there. You know, we've all been trapped in it. I know we have. And they overcame him, though, with the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, the word of God, and they loved not their lives unto death. See, you've got to love the Lord so much that you would die for him. And I mean, not necessarily that that's going to happen to you. But see, we have to stay full of the word to be light and salt and raise up people and teach them to come into line with God. And me too, and pastors, all of them, because that humanness comes in there. Okay, so we need godly leadership. So the earth will come into line with heaven's government. And that, that leadership is the kingdom of God. And okay, so you know what? It's the church, the real church, the born-again people, okay? And the angels. Every church is supposed to have an angel. And if there is there's a lot of strife and division or error starts to come, that angel is taken, as God says, get out of there. Every church is supposed to have an angel. Ooh, so the church, God has given angels to the church and to his people and even to other people. It says the angels are uh, ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Some, they'll protect you before you're even like born again because they know you're going to be born again. Okay, that's, see, God wants the earth back to its rightful ownership. He owns the earth and the fullness thereof. I read that in Haggai, okay? See, and that's the church. And the, without the church lining up, there's a lack of justice that comes in the earth. There's a lack of honor. When I was a little girl, everybody went to church on Sunday. Gas stations were, all, were shut. Stores were all shut. You couldn't do anything. See, that honor went away from God. It did. Okay, there's a lack of... A lack, when, when the church doesn't line up, the born-again, spirit-filled church, there's a lack of justice, there's a lack of honor, there's a lack of integrity. And even with laws. The integrity of Christian with laws, even out there. See, there, there's, okay, spiritual, let me tell you this, spiritual laws are above natural laws. You know, it says we're supposed to honor the president and obey the laws of the land. But when that, those laws start to come against what it says in the word of God, you no longer have to do that. Because those kind of laws can be changed. Okay. So the darker things get the upper hand, and that's what's happened, period. And we need to make, you know, people used to trust each other, or would they, would they make a deal? They even made the deals with handshakes. Now you got to have 10 papers like that, thick papers. <laughs> Here, I, I just want to say this, too. The planet, oh, Mother Earth Day, 
excuse me. <laughs> yuck. <laughs> the planet is here for our pleasure. God made it for his children. It not, it's not us being here to help the planet. Now, granted, because of the lack of integrity, people just throw stuff all over the place. I mean, I was taught, boy, don't you dare do that. I mean, there wasn't all, all these other things where you'll have a $500 fine if you throw something out the window. I mean, even all my kids never, there weren't even seat belts in cars. <laughs> all my kids grew up without seat belts. <laughs> That's how old, I mean, how, you know what I mean? There weren't even seatbelts in cars. See, but God made all things for our pleasure. So, but we should not abuse the things that he's made for us. You know, I even see people deliberately run over squirrels and cats and things going across the road. That's, that's, you're hardening your heart. It's cruel. And I don't care who you are, and I don't care if you think that's funny. It's not. God made those things for our pleasure. In, in fact, you need to learn to take care of the things God has given you. Now, as a child, I was taught, <laughs> and I mean, we would get in trouble. Even the things that were expensive in the house. It wasn't to be, you know, played. There were other things to play with. You, you didn't abuse those things because they wanted they wanted it to look nice because there was integrity. Do you see that? You don't just let them, okay, hey, well, just let the kids, hey, let's play basketball in here and just throw it through the window. See what I mean? You don't, you know, there are certain, you can go different places. You, you have to take care of the things God has given you. If you want a new car, clean the car <laughs> and take care of it. But it's the same thing in a house. If you want better stuff. <laughs> See, that's what's integrity. And honestly, God's been dealing with me all day about this. See, a word to influence people back to that heavenly kingdom, the real church. Um, but see, they say, save our planet. Save the people on our planet. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> that's all that's going to matter. Heaven and earth, you know what the Bible says? Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but this word of God will never pass away. Go to Galatians 6, 7, 8, and 9. Um, Galatians 6, 7. Okay, so, uh, Donnie, would you bring me that? That's right, Solomon. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Okay, you know, I was talking about that our speaker this weekend wrote this book, and that was one of them I didn't have. I only had two of them he wrote that I wasn't, he didn't have. And um, I didn't look at this one, though. I was looking at the other one. And all of a sudden this afternoon at 4 o'clock, <laughs> I just thought I paged through it. I went, oh, <laughs> it actually had to do with my sermon. If I'd have known that, I would have started it a lot earlier. <laughs> but they shouldn't have to ask reflections on race, rights, Inequality. Interesting. I, I got a few things that I yellowed that I'm going to read later. And um, you see, okay, uh, Joel Siegel, who is coming this weekend, is coming Saturday night at 7, Sunday morning at, at 10, and Sunday night at 7. 
Um, he, he was uh, brought up as a Jew. So he was Jewish. And when he was 18, though, he got born again from his friends, I think. Or in college, when he went to college, I think. Okay, Galatians 6, 7, 8, and 9. Anyway. Do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions or professions or by precepts being set aside. Precepts are things he has told us in the Bible to do. You know, and one of them, they're like, you know, Jesus fulfilled the Ten Commandments on the cross. And if you, if you walk in love, you'll fulfill all the Ten Commandments. And that's what the Bible says. But there are some kind of precepts like this. Is, and you know what? <laughs> Today I had to do one of those precepts because I woke up kind of, I had to move out of what I woke up, wrong thoughts. Right? Ooh, it was like the, okay. And so I thought, okay, uh, I was fighting that. And finally, God said, remember Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. Do not be, this is the way I said it, anxious, anxiety, fearful, stressed out, or upset about it. That's the way I say it. It isn't in there, but, but that word means all that. About anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So I thought, oh, supplication means just pour your heart out to God. So I poured my heart out to God. And, and it says when you do that, the peace of God, well, that surpasses all understanding up here, will mount and guard your heart in Christ Jesus. Then it says, this is a psychology scripture to me, Philippians 4, 8. Yeah, I know it's Sarah's favorite. It says, finally, brethren, brothers and sisters of the Lord, think on things that are true. Well, you know what? The Lord said in John, the book of John, he said, the only thing that's really true is this. This is truth, the word. Think on things that are true. And lovely. See, we can be thinking, oh, that person, or, or that, my boss, or that little, little. I'm, I've, we've all been there. <laughs> right? Uh, oh, they don't like me. And also, <laughs> or, you know what? Okay. Um, think on things that are true and lovely and honest and just. I'm probably adding to it, and pure and of a good report. So you know what? you got to knock, you know, knock that stuff, and you've got to start singing to the Lord, praying in tongues, saying the word, or doing something, and it will knock it out of there. But you got to do it out loud. So I started doing that. But do you see what I'm talking about here? That's a precept. <laughs> that's, one of the, that's one of the things he told us. It's like a command. Finally, brethren, you think 
on things that are pure, lovely, I mean, true, lovely, honest, just, and of a good report. Rejoice in the Lord instead of, I don't feel like rejoicing, I feel like crying. <laughs> I feel like being mad. But he tells us what to do. And see, those darker things get the upper hand. Okay. So, let's see. Okay, here I'm reading yet. <laughs> I'm still in Galatians 6, verse 7. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. <laughs> you know what? You get deceived. For whatever a man sows, that and only that is what he will reap. You can sow bad thoughts to a point where you're depressed and crying and hopeless. And usually it's the enemy telling you, and that's when you've got to say who you are in Christ. Amen. It works. It's psycho it's, This is the best psychology book ever. And I loved psychology when I was in nursing unit too. And I got an A plus at Creighton University in psychology. <laughs> well, on the floor I did at least. But anyway, because, because, I was kind to the patients and tried to be understanding. And I said, oh, you know, I don't want to deal with these people. You know, some people, but you have to have a heart for people. One time, this big kid, and I was like, at that time, I was like 110 pounds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, thank you. I'm better than that now. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, this, big, this big kid, and this was at Nebraska Psych Institute. It doesn't exist now. But, but this, I've told the rest of you this. But this big guy, and I was, you know, he came all of a sudden, he picked me up. And he went, oh, and I went, oh my gosh, where's he taking me? And I went, help. And some orderlies came and got me off of him. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, there's certain things you never forget. <laughs> okay, anyway, verse 8. For he who sows to his own flesh, his lower nature, his sensuality, will from the fresh flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now that could run into unforgiveness there. If you want to be in unforgiveness, if you want to be in strife, if you want to be in jealousy, you can feel those. Those are feelings. But you know that they're feelings and it doesn't make any difference how you feel. Get rid of them. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we will reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. See, God tells us things that we can do. And you, you might be there with feelings of depression. I've been there. And I went, wait a minute. I can move myself out of this. And, I did. and you do it. See, some people are starting to get it that, that were depressed and just felt hopeless. And you, you, could, you start doing the word. You start, oh, I'm not going to put up with this. No, 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 no. It's from the devil, and I will not. <laughs> and you know what? It works. It works. See, all darkness and evil comes 
by sin, but people have no guidance. So we need to take our place as a church, though, what I'm talking about. And see, God forgives those things. As if we had never. <laughs> we all were sinners. <laughs> okay, because of injustice, though, people die of poverty as a root cause of sickness. In fact, there are 25,000 people a day or more in the earth, and no one notices that die because of poverty and a lack even of food. See, but if there's a plane crash and a thousand people die in a plane, everybody's going to hear about it. You know, where you at? See, we're not in the business. We're not in the business. Okay, now know this too. We're not in the business to make ourselves rich, but to bring provision to God's wisdom. And when you do that, when you put this first place, now listen to me carefully, you become rich. Been the other place? Not that I'm rich, but I feel rich. <laughs> I do. You do. Well, that's not right. Well, huh? You can't help any. Somebody has a hurricane, and you want to help them with money. You don't have any money yourself. So how can you help people? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's the rich people who got in the government who've taken over. I say this all the time. So we need to take over, but with godly principles and giving in to missionaries in the kingdom of God. That's where everything's paid off in this church. As little as it was with 35 people, we paid off the church. And it was $650,000 to buy this church. And besides that, we have big utility bills. <laughs> We've never had a problem with the utility bill. I've never, oh, you guys, I can't pay the utility bill. Can you please give some extra this Sunday? I've never said that, ever. Never. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> we bought all these chairs. We got way more than enough chairs. We've got more in the, don't we have them in a, another room somewhere? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? They're all paid for. Uh, it's, the parking lot we paved. <laughs> Honest to God, that was $100,000. <laughs> See, when you, when you put God first, you become richer and richer. But there's injustice in the earth. There's vengeance. is not getting even but to bring justice to those who are treated wrongly. There's people that are, that are treated wrongly. So, see, the church is supposed to be the most powerful unit in the... And, and we, it's described in Joel, too. But... You can read that later, but um, we're the ones who, who are supposed to, when there's uh, like floods and stuff, we're supposed to go help them. We're supposed to help them with money, like the uh, hurricane, uh, you know, in um, Katrina. That was a mess. But you know what? Kenneth Copeland's ministry came in there and started giving them water and food. All of those did. It was the church who helped them. See, the church was sent to bring power back to the earth and to annihilate the works of Satan. That's why we have to get on the ball. Luke 10, 19. Jesus said this to his disciples out of the, out of the King James. It says, Behold, I give you 
power. I give you authority and dominion to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. You know what? I, I'm just going to say say these real fast here. Mark 3, 1, there was a man with the... Don't, go, don't even go there. Just listen. In Mark 3, 1, there was a man with a withered hand. And that was a curse. And the Pharisees were coming against him. Oh, because it was Sunday. And they, it was the Sabbath day. Well, I don't know if that was Saturday or Sunday. Who cares? That's a bunch of baloney, too. Anyway, it doesn't make it, you know. Anyway, but... There was a man with a withered hand, and it was a curse against him. And he said, he said, Jesus came to him, and he says, stretch out your hand. Well, there was no hand there. But he went like this, and the working of miracles. Those things are kind of come back. Where there was no feet, cut off from diabetics or whatever, there will be this... <laughs> See, God removed the evidence of curse in that man's life. In Mark 4, 35, Jesus stopped a storm. He annihilated the storm. <laughs> See, this is the power of the church is supposed to display this. We're, now, see, we could have tornadoes, but we don't put up with them. We, especially here, we come against them and take authority. And many of them, they have said, have gone around Fremont. <laughs> I just have to laugh sometimes. <laughs> okay. So those hurricanes, yeah, the flood, we were ready for that thing a few years ago. Uh, Mark 5.1, there was a demoniac, and he was insane. I mean, he was, they chained him. But see, the devils in him gave him so much power that he broke the chains. And he was in a cemetery. He was insane. And, and screaming and yelling and, and cutting himself. Cutting. You know what? The whole cutting thing is way back in the Old Testament. People cut themselves because of, because of depression. Those are demons telling them to do that. It's way back here. Leviticus, yeah. Well, you, I've ministered to kids in high school that were cutting themselves, but had a real bad family life. Okay, but see, the demoniac was totally insane. One minute, in one minute, he was in his right mind with Jesus. But you know what? It says that we're supposed to do these same works. We're to annihilate the works of the devil as the church. See, and in Mark 6, 34, there was, there was no food, you know, when they were out there. And you know what? It was 5,000 men, but they didn't count the women and children. There could have been as high as 20,000 people. And there was enough food to feed them all. See, we're, we're an embassy. or We're ambassadors, but ambassadors are supposed to live in an embassy and wherever the soles of our feet tread belong to us. We used to walk the streets and pray over the police department in tongues. Didn't we? Some of you were, you were with us, Sherry and Ron. And, uh, anybody else? Uh, anyway. Okay, so one time we got into Midland College dorm. We actually got into the dorm and there were kids. We were praying over all, all this single uh, apartment. I mean, the dorm rooms 
wind up with Lonnie and Sonia, who come years later. There's some, there's some repercussions of that whole thing. We play, prayed over and brought down three strip joints in Fremont, three of them. And I, some of you don't know this, but I'll tell it again. And one of them, I was walking around the one, <laughs> and a, I didn't know there were TV cameras on the outside. <laughs> and a big bouncer, this big guy, he was about, oh man, he was about six foot five. <laughs> he says, what are you doing? And I was alone back there in the back. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I said, we're praying for you. <laughs> I tried to calm myself. <laughs> I was like, I would have run. <laughs> he says, don't you know we got you on camera? I said, no, I didn't know that. Okay, well, you know, I'll go. But I'm going to continue praying for you. <laughs> oh, my God. There were three of them. Yeah, they're all gone. <laughs> all gone. <laughs> three of them are gone. <laughs> but see, things started to happen in this town. So, but an embassy is the official residence or offices of an ambassadors for the representing the country called heaven, in which we have dominion from heaven. Now, okay, I'll go to this. I'll stop pretty soon here. But, um, you know, the first chapter, I was reading it because it's in... Um, it's, it's about the ministry of helps in uh, Acts 6, having to come in. And there was prejudice bad between the Hellenists and the Jewish people. But the way he puts it, the Hellenist, this Helen, he talks about this Hellenist woman who, who uh, was Jewish. And or no, I mean, she was she did the same thing as the Jews. She was Jewish, but she was a Hellenist, like in a, you know, a, Different, I don't know. But anyway, she had three children and her husband died and she had no food. So she came there for food. And uh, they kept saying, um, well, you have to wait in line. She waited for two hours. And they kept pushing the Hellenists back and giving the, the food to the, the Israelite Jews. And see, so there was terrible prejudice. And by the time they got to her, there was no food left. And, uh, you know, that actually was happening in the book of Acts. It was that bad. That's prejudice. And we are, I hope no one in here is prejudiced. If you are, you are in error. You shouldn't even notice nothing. We're all the same. We all got the same blood. And it says Jesus made us the same. Okay, no matter who you are, if Christ is your Lord, you're in the majority. No matter the conditions of your upbringing, maybe you were at a disadvantage. If God indwells you, you have the advantage. While I certainly advocate righting the wrongs that exist in our society, this side of truth must ultimately become our focus if we're to succeed. With all that's wrong in our land, it's still a great place to live. Right? If you follow God fully, nothing can prevent your success. Okay, there's nothing arrayed against you that need overcome you. 
because with God, you can make it. I don't care what they do. We're talking about food shortage. If you follow God, you're going to have more than enough. With God, you can make it no matter who you are, where you're from, or what you've been through. Well, see, and even when, when this, this, he said that first chapter, this is the seventh chapter, but when he said that first chapter, they says, well, who are you? What did they, what, how did he put it? What, what did they do? He said, well, I, I am a Jew. You know, I'm a born-again, spirit-filled Jew. <laughs> and um, uh, he said, and, and that whole thing really touched his heart because he put himself that his Jewish people would be so prejudiced against another race of people. Stop talking about your disadvantages. Stop focusing on what other people need to do in order for you to make it. Stop bringing up that white person or black person or the Mexican or the Cuban or what they did to you. Determine once and for all to move past your past. You shouldn't be saying these kind of things, Brother Joel. Somebody said to him, you don't know what we've been through. Your people didn't live as slaves. Sure they did. My people, the Jews, were enslaved. That's where it was. 400 years in Egypt. And then 6 million, three times the number of those who came out of Egypt, my people were lined up and marched into a gas chamber to die. Your speaker that's coming. I had a close relative who was the only survivor member of her family. So they all were put in the furnace under Hitler's reign. Here's the truth. We're all slaves to sin. But in Christ, we're set free from the slavery in order to walk in newness of life. And now we're a new kind of slave, a slave of righteousness, bond servants of Christ. Hey, wouldn't it be good? I'm waking people up. Wouldn't it be good to be a, I'd want to be a slave of Christ? Well, he treats you good. <laughs> He'd probably be better off than you are right now. <laughs> Sorry, I do that when I see somebody. Oh, well, she isn't Joel Siegel, and she isn't Dr. Jacobs, and she isn't that one, so she's a nothing, and I'm not going to listen. You need to respond and to listen. I've seen people go to sleep on me, and other pe- and when somebody's here, they go, like this to the speaker. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean it in a bad way, but I'm trying to tell you something. I care with all my heart and soul and strength and mind and that's all I've been living for (laughs) and God's blessed us but I'm really sincere in here about what I'm doing because I'm accountable to God and that's why I don't want people to be in strife in different divisions of the church like maybe it could be the cleaning it could be the it could be uh, I don't know the ushers it could be it could be the choir it could be the sound, it could be anything, uh, whatever, you know, (laughs) you're at. And it causes, though, it causes turmoil. And so that's just something we got to guard against and love each other. Love is so important. Okay, Romans 6, 17 says, thanks thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. 
and you're set free from sin, and now you're slaves of righteousness. Okay, oh, here. Whether circumstances are favorable or unfavorable, you and I need never adopt a victim mentality. If you seek God, however, he'll lead you into opportunity and victory guaranteed. If you choose not to seek God, waiting for everything to just drop in your lap, never making any movement, you'll remain in a place of stagnation and defeat. Because there's, I'm jumping around, but there's no impossibility with God. Reject everything that resembles a victim mentality. Get rid of it, because if you can get rid of it, you're going to go up. A victim mentality leads to an entitlement mentality. Well, I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to this. <laughs> Where you think everyone owes you everything and you rely on the government to meet all your needs. That's a trap you've got to avoid. Now, I'm not speaking of refusing government assistance if you're truly in need. I'm speaking of the attitude and the mindset that believes other people are perpetually responsible for your needs. It's called a handout mentality. Okay, I'm going to skip a whole bunch here. Um, okay, look in Hebrews 12:15, New Living Translation. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out, no poisonous root of bitterness. Grow up to trouble you and corrupt other people. The devil's ongoing strategy is to stoke the embers of division and sow seeds of discord. The devil wants to do that. Discord will defeat you, disunity divides, and disharmony destroys. Okay. While many voices implore us to work together to reach our common goals, we can't seem to set aside our pride, our differences, and the flesh. We remain divided, selfishly draining the life from each other when our greatest need is to unite. Our country, truly united, would be impenetrable and unstoppable. The country. Forget the past. Move forward with God as one. But see, that critical race theory is trying to bring... It, it's actually trying to make you... It's doing the... It, oh, anyway, it's done only as one sees themselves in Christ. In Christ, there are no minorities. There is no color difference. There's no nothing difference. Who cares? I, I was brought up to... I never even noticed that stuff. There's no second class. There's no stepchildren. In God's family, you are, are ordained for success. Next, people shouldn't have to beg for what is rightfully theirs or protest and demonstrate in order to be heard. But you know what? I mean, he said we shouldn't have had to do that because um, in our nation, these rights have been paid for the, the blood of our forefathers and are guaranteed by our Constitution. They are to be administered and enforced by officials who represent us. Okay, the Declaration of Independence, just a little piece of it. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among those rights, 
We deserve life. Everybody deserves life. What about abortion? They, and they deserve freedom, liberty, to go to church, to go where, do what they, see, we were in prison ministry for seven years, and there was so much freedom that we, we had to allow devil worship before we came in and ministered. We came in there an upside down cross. Yeah, and other stuff. Oh boy, we said we put the blood of Jesus all around stuff and prayed. <laughs> but see, that's a kind of freedom. Well, if you want to come in here, then we get to do what we want to do. And they had to let them. Do you see what I'm talking about? But anyway, we deserve life, liberty, which is freedom. We deserve justice. And even though things are being proved right now that are wrong, there's no justice. Nobody does anything about it. And we deserve happiness. Those are rights that God wants us to have. Minorities and women shouldn't have had to struggle for the right to vote. And they did. And when they asked politely, no one listened. So they had to ask in a demonstrating, dramatic way. That's why, I mean, he's not against the protest, but it gets so bad that you have to do that. Black people in particular have borne the brunt of discrimination. Riding in the back of a bus was an insult. I, I used to cry about that stuff. I, being denied a seat at a lunch counter was a perpetual slap in the face. That's demeaning. Being paid a fraction of the wave, wages of their qualified white counterparts was an abomination. Even worse, black lives shouldn't have been lost in order to secure what was rightfully theirs. Martin Luther King, and you know, and that from, I mean, I was like, just, I was married in 1962 the first time. My husband died, my first husband died. But, um, but I can remember in the 60s, three people were assassinated. Martin Luther King and the Kennedys, two Kennedys. Oh my gosh, okay. So, um, all right, man's way is to, is to make people beg for what they deserve. God's way is to give people more than they deserve. God wants to give you more than you deserve. See, where has the body of Christ been during this decades-long journey in our country? Even good church, church people cater to the comfort of their flesh because, well, it's comfortable. The flesh-ruled person will always gravitate toward which works, what works best for them. But the spiritual person, on the other hand, is interested in what works best for God and is willing to press beyond their flesh to help other people and get out of their comfort zone. I want to tell you something. This Christianity is not just for me, 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 me. It's for us to get out there and preach the gospel and help other people. See, Galatians, yeah, 5, 19, 21. I, I'm gonna, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are clear. Here's what's happened. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, which is witchcraft, hostility, a lot of drug taking, sorcery, pharmacia, means sorcery, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, division, 
envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Let me tell you, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, notice hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. These words include the idea of hatred, strife, and anger based on something the other person possesses. It might even be something they got from the grace of God. It, it's the result of people giving expression to their flesh and yielding to the devil. He's talking about Christians, too. Disharmony and division exist because flesh exists. But for a believer, we can crucify our flesh. Okay, uh, just little stuff here. God's word reveals the answer for racism. A new heart that's born again, a renewed mind from the word of God, and crucified flesh, and racism will disappear. While receiving Christ changes one nature, it doesn't instantly change the individual's thoughts and patterns of living. Those changes come as the people fill their lives with God's word and God's spirit. You have got to get in the word every day. Many born-again people never do fill their lives with the things of God. They didn't even know they're supposed to read the Word. Their minds remain unrenewed, and they still act like they used to before they got born again. And thoughts fueled by the flesh, including thoughts of prejudice, bias, and racial hatred, remain unchallenged in their life. Okay, so um, be aware and engaged regarding that which is unchristian among us. Follow God's leading. And, uh, and don't make religious excuses and hide our heads in the sand. Saying God's in control. He turned his dominion over to us. If he's in control, he's sure doing a bad job. <laughs> he is not. He gave the control to the church and the church doesn't know it and didn't take it. A dominion and authority. He doesn't cause babies to be born with, with stuff wrong with them. He doesn't cause the storms that destroy everything or the floods. That's the devil working and nobody's coming against it. So we, so we take dominion over the storms and there won't, you know, we'll try not to be any in our town. But you got to do that with your family. And I'm just telling you what it means to be in the church. It's real. Okay, saying thoughts like God's in control, he'll take care of everything, may be well, well intended, and, uh, but it's ineffective. Allow your hands to get dirty in the service of others. What kind of action should you have? Spirit-led action. The action of prayer. Reaching out to elected officials. Okay, I'm almost there. Okay, many forms of oppress oppression have been unjustly written into our nation's law over the last century. Some of those, for examples, are laws that oppress the unborn. And now they say it's okay to kill babies a month after they're born. God, they still need to be rewritten. Use your voice and your vote in favor of the oppressed. God has emphasized to me how serious he is about freedom. Free from sin, but free from every possible area as you live on this earth. Christ died for all equally. Therefore, all deserve equality. 
and I'm not speaking of equality in the sense of a government-imposed distribution of wealth, which is stupid, but rather equality of freedom and equality of opportunity. Everyone deserves the opportunity to succeed, to be fulfilled, to be free. No matter who they are, where they're from, or what color they were born. God's people, those who have had their eyes open to truth, must take the lead in saying no to prejudice and injustice. There, we have to be a voice, a strong voice for the freedoms of others. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. You said you made up a little voter. Okay, one thing, vote. I'm, I'm begging you as the church, vote. I called the courthouse this afternoon. You still have until Monday, till 6 p.m. to register to vote. No matter where you're from. <laughs> you still have that. And you go to the, your butt. It says you could have, he, the lady said to me, you could, they could have done it unlaw, um, online, but it stopped this week. You could have just done it online, but now you have to go to the courthouse. So you just walk in the courthouse and, and Lonnie used to inspect you. <laughs> no, the, no, no, they put you in know, your purse like the airport. <laughs> you gotta, or not you man, <laughs> but your billfold or keys or whatever. And then I tell you what, you walk in, you know, it's this way, so you turn to your right, it's right there. <laughs> it's the um, clerk, county clerk office. Just right, turn right after you go through the thing. Um, okay, uh, okay, so you made a little voters, can you, can you bring that one? Pillow. <laughs> okay, so there's several people for governor. I saw, in fact, Ken and I, we got the ballot <laughs> at home, um, and there's like a list, like, <laughs> there is one of, one of those people, though, that is absolutely entirely against abortion. And I, I feel this way too. Even if you're raped, that's a baby, that's a human being. That, that baby, I've seen raped babies go and be, um, yeah, be pastors and, you know, help other people, missionaries and everything else. Um, so, I mean, I don't believe that you should abort a baby because of rape and I do not believe that even if the mother was going to die but normally and as a nurse it it's usually why kill the baby if the baby <laughs> I mean, the mother's going to die any you know what I mean and more than likely they never do anyway die <laughs> yeah I mean you know what Okay, so this, this guy actually said we had a what a brochure. Is it on your where all your Bibles are, Ken? Um, I can't find that one, and that's the one I wanted to. It, but it says, I am working for Christ. And he, he said, protect the unborn. Life is a precious gift of God's grace that begins at conception. I don't know how Ken and I got a whole book, but we did. <laughs> on what the guy believes in because there's some false stuff online about it. And it isn't. He is a spirit-filled Christian. Life is a precious gift of God's grace that begins at conception. Abortion is murder, and I will work to outlaw abortion in Nebraska, prohibit any state funding 
of those who provide abortions or counsel or refer women to abortion providers. Nebraska is a pro-life state. I was the first schools, first elected region in the nation to introduce a, resolu a resolution to ban the imposition of the critical race theory. <laughs> and somebody said that he was for it. That's just, see. And I was also the first elected official to take action against critical race theory. As governor, I'll support a complete ban on critical race th theory and other un-American, far-left ideologies in the classroom. Our schools exist to educate, not indoctrinate, and Nebraska's values and, you know, and parents should have the right to say what their children put God back in schools. I strongly support efforts to put prayer back into the K through 12 schools. We should be teaching the next generation to love God and our great country. Fight the radical transgender. There's no place for men in women's sports, women's bathrooms, and women's changing rooms. There's no excuse for subjecting minors to treatments that mutilate their bodies and harm health and growth development. I'll oppose the radical transgender agenda at every turn. Yeah, there is. There's a. Yeah, it's a little. You know what? I don't know if I really is that. Yeah, we'll put it out there and you look. <laughs> we'll put it back. Protect, protect religious liberty. The freedom to worship God and follows one's conscience is our most fundamental right as Americans. I oppose any effort to limit freedom of conscience or persecute Nebraskans for their beliefs. The so-called fairness ordinances and the Equality Act. Oh, those things are horrible. They sound good, but they're horrible. To limit the freedom of those with the biblical view of life, gender, and marriage. They're awful proposals. He, has, he don't want nothing to do with them. Uh, he wants you to bear arms. Uh, I, <laughs> I am completely opposed to mask mandates, COVID-19 vaccination mandates testing mandates and vaccination passport policies. We will completely outlaw them in Nebraska. We need to take appropriate steps to restore confidence in the elections and do things that are right. I will fight the far left socialism agenda at every turn. It's really communism. Um, I believe parents, not government, make the best decisions regarding their children's education. Government should empower parents and allow them to spend their tax dollars on the school of their choice, whether it's public, private, charter, or homeschool. Um, curriculum, they have the right, parents have the right to know what schools are teaching their children because they're hiding it for them. We should require teachers to post their learning materials online. No funding for schools for teaching uh, critical race theory. I was elected regent in the nation. Oh, did I read that already? Well, he put it on there twice. He wants it banned, period. Yeah. Um, I, I yelled a lot of stuff. Sex ed and health standards, gross, inappropriate sex education standards. Whether they go by health standards or another name, have no place in Nebraska. Parents, not the government, teach children these sensitive topics. Yes. Okay. Um, there's more, I'm not reading it all. 
uh, patriotic education. They learned that America is the greatest country in the world and the source of our greatness is the conservative and Christian values our country was built on. They should learn about the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution and how they help ground the country. Put God back in schools. The erosion of Christian faith is hurting America. Secular humanism has taken over because we allowed radical ideologies to silence our nation's Christian conviction. God is the cornerstone of what makes Nebraska great. We should be teaching the next generation to love God. Put prayer back in K-12 through schools. There's no greater lesson to teach our children to be thankful for the gifts we have received from God. And abortion. I mean, you know, here it is. If a ban, I'm 100%. I <laughs> Did I read that? No, it's just repeated. We need to immediately pass a heartbeat bill to ban abortion. Um, no taxpayer benefits to abortion providers. Preserve the dignity of life. I am, uh, okay, I am completely opposed to legalizing physician-assisted suicide, euthanasia, and mercy killings. And I want to tell you something. It's starting to happen, even in Nebraska. I'm not killing you. And I, I, I mean, I've seen stuff myself. There's certain things they call okay, and it, to me, it's not okay. I was shocked. And she had encountered it with relatives. We need legislation that provides conscience protections and exemptions for health care providers and citizens. Government should not be able to require citizens to participate or make referrals for services and medical procedures, including abortions that violate their sincerely held beliefs. So um, we'll just put this out there. <laughs> I mean, there's more. I mean, I didn't read some of them. <laughs> you know, it says control spending. This guy himself is a farmer. <laughs> if, I mean, he has all kinds of grandkids and kids that are growing up and blah, 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 blah. He was on the... Amen. So I'm just going to put it there. There's more information there, too. But you can register. I mean, I'll take you there if you want me to. <laughs> so here, I'll put this back. Um, yeah. Do you want to say something? Yeah. Wait, she's coming. Go ahead, Jerry. Our pastor is God's mouthpiece. She's speaking God's words. And she's here for a reason, and you're here for a reason. We need to listen. We need to hear, and we need to do what she says, because God has given her wisdom, and she is giving us weapons to fight the enemy, and that's important nowadays. We need to fight the enemy, because he is out there to steal, and to kill, and to destroy you and your families. And when we come to church, be ready. When the music plays and we sing, we are to focus on God and we are to get rid of the world 
That's the idea when we come. Get rid of the world because if you work or if you're just whatever, even with kids, whatever, you can focus on God. Focus on God. And your children will hear and they will listen. And our children are going to be mighty in the land. But you must follow and you must do what God says. And she is mouthpiece of God. Listen, God's giving her wisdom. He's giving her words for you and me all to do. And we need, if you need this year, it's correction, direction, protection, and perfection. So up there when I was singing, I just got, for your hearts, change your hearts if you have, if you have anything going on, correct yourselves, go home and think about it. It's time to draw closer to God. That's right. Now is the time. So beware. Listen, listen to God. Don't listen to other voices, listen to God. So you better hear his voice, because if you don't, she speaks it. So it's nobody's fault but your own if you don't listen. Hallelujah. Sherry said something really strong, and it really hit me. For thirty for thirty three years, I have this pure heart, and when I'm up there singing, God touches my heart, yeah. and it my heart goes out to all of you. When we sing up there, yeah. I can feel His presence coming mm-hmm. down. Yeah. If that presence break, there's something I <laughs> couldn't explain it. But there spiritual. spiritual things are happening in this church, and I can feel this. I can feel it mm-hmm. inside of me. Mm-hmm. And our pastor is so strong in the word. We have to listen. If we don't, it'll be our own fault. It'll get somebody else. And we have a job to do, church. We do. And there's a revival coming, and we had to be strong, and we had to fight, fight for our best, and we had to, there's no other voices but God. Mm-hmm. So be ready. There will be changes, and there's a wind of change, and it's coming. Amen. That girl is very sincere. <laughs> Ironically, when she was born, yeah. Kenny, her dad back there, uh, we were at a church in Omaha, and he said, I want you to be her godparents. And they didn't even do that kind of thing. But we stood there while, while the, the pastor just blessed her, you know, because you don't baptize. Nobody knows, what do you, throw somebody in water and they're going to go to heaven? No, you wait till you're older where you know what you're doing. Because 
baptism. You can't. You can't. Oh, I was baptized as a baby. They say at the denomination. I can't, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. And well, because they were baptized when they're baby. Oh, but they were they were uh, raping people and they were doing drugs and they were selling drugs and, and and they were stealing and all this. But because they were baptized when they were a little baby, seven days old, they're going to go to heaven. Or because they became a member of the church. That is the. I mean, when I was a little girl, I, I understood that. What? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? You wait till you're an adult. Ken and I were, were both baptized as babies, but our parents didn't know any better. I have very godly parents besides, and I know they're in heaven, regardless. But, uh, but uh, you, uh, we were rebaptized on our 14th anniversary. Now we're on our 55th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon. In a few days, two days, two days. <laughs> and, but anyway, uh, church, this is because of the church. So if you are, a ch you are part of the real church, and you are, then, then do what you can because the country can turn away from this. Communistic. I grew up knowing about communism in World War II. I was alive in World War II. Born in 1940. <laughs> when World War II ended in 45, I think. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you learned about communism in the school that it was horrible. Socialism, I mean, communism is worse. That's why, he, I mean, he was gonna take over the world. And that's their idea right now, to reset the money, to reset everything, but God's not ready because the too many people, a lot of people have to come into the kingdom. The kingdom that we already belong to. So anyway, Father, I thank you that you just bless these people, that they have a safe, safe uh, angels surround them and the blood of Jesus surrounds them as they go home tonight and that they will sleep in the arms of Jesus and in peace in the peace of God that passes all understanding, Lord God, and that you would give us wisdom what, what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. We thank you for it, Lord God, for your word. It never returns void, but will accomplish what we please and prosper in the thing for which we sent it. And you hasten that word to perform it because you said in Isaiah that we're supposed to put you in remembrance of your word, and that's what we've done. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, dismissed. <laughs> Sorry I kept you so long.